So, last night, we uh, had to wash our sheets and all that. And uh, anyone ever, like, hate you, you're, like, dumb because you wait to, like, change your sheets until, like, right before you go to bed, which is awful because no one wants to do it. And you even, like, you know, contemplate, like, do we really need sheets and things like that? So, anyways, my wife is washing her face and doing all that sort of stuff in the bathroom. I'm trying to get the sheets on, which is always a scary thing. Um, I was pretty successful for the first couple years of our marriage of convincing my wife that I didn't know how to make a bed. Um, that's a pro tip, guys. All you got to do is, uh, if you don't want to do something, do it really bad a few times, and then you don't get asked again. You're, you're welcome. Uh, keep that one. But anyways, uh, my wife, uh, we're, we're, we're towards the end. We're going to have a baby here in February. And uh, so she's been sleeping with one of these giant pregnancy pillows. Maybe you've seen them before. They're like, you know, this big kind of U-shaped thing. And um, they take up half the bed, and uh, it's wonderful. I get about this much of space in the bed, but it's cool. But anyways, so she had to dry that because she washed the little cover of it. So I see it laying there, and I think, oh, my goodness, this basically looks like pants. This is going to be great. I'm going to put these on. I'm going to walk in and make my wife laugh. And so sure enough, I go in there. I put them on. We're laughing at how funny I look with that. I don't have a picture or anything like that. Sorry. Um, how funny I look. And then I decide after making her laugh once and, and then leaving the room, I decided, all right, it's time to, like, step it up a notch, right? And uh, what what would be greater than just, you know, continuing to wear these and, you know, trying to do some sort of, like, Irish jig type thing? Let me tell you guys from personal experience, it's not a good idea to try that. Uh, do not wear a pillowcase on, like, a linoleum floor. You will fall. You will twist your ankle. It will hurt. And you, But your wife will laugh even harder than she did before. So the good news is I didn't break my ankle. And I know that because I've broken my ankle multiple times before, uh, both unpillow related. But anyways, I just thought I'd share that because it's a great moment, right? Those are the moments that you wish no one really knew, but they're too good not to share. Well, this morning, I'm so excited that the kids are in. We're going to do something fun uh, with them in just a moment. But I wanted to end our year on a one-shot message about prayer. And this could go a million different ways, but I want to keep it as simple as possible. Because I think prayer is one of those things that we either undersimplify or over, over, it just becomes too complex. We either think it is rocket science and there has to be a different way that we're doing it wrong. Uh, or on the other way, we, 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 we just don't really have a plan. We undersimplify it. We, we don't really prepare for it. And I just want to talk about the fact that prayer, which is just simply communication with God, could deeply change not only your this next year, 2019, but your entire life. That it could become something as important to you as the breath of air that you breathe, the water that you drink, the food you eat. Because it's this reality, we've been talking a lot about perspective here at South Creek recently, and we're going to continue talking about it into this next year. This idea that when our perspective changes, everything should change. That when Jesus becomes Lord of our lives, things should change. We should have this ongoing communication with him. So this morning, I, I want to do something fun, and I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not above bribery at all. And so I've brought my favorite book that I want to read to you all. But I wanted to invite, and I have candy, so maybe that will work. I want to invite all the kids who are in the room, since you guys have to be in here this morning. And I'll even say, if you're like a teenager, you're welcome, and parents are going to come. I want you to come on up here and grab a seat on the stairs. I have candy canes. Come on. Yes, my man, Kipton. Here, go ahead and grab a seat. Yes. 
awesome. Here, sit down, bub. Will you open these? Thank you, beautiful life. Man, you guys look awesome. Hey, how many of you guys had a good Christmas? Raise your hand if you had a good Christmas. How many of you guys caught Santa Claus? Yeah, me neither. He ate cookies in my house, though. Um, how many of you guys ate lots and lots of candy and cookies? Me too. I love Christmas. Me too. I'm glad, Kipton. Well, hey, can I read you guys my book today? And it's called My Very First Prayers. And I wanted to read this story to you guys because can I, can I tell you guys something? You guys are going to help teach the adults something, okay? Because here's what I've kind of learned. Most of them don't really know much about prayer. And I think you guys know more about prayer. You, have you guys ever prayed before? Yeah? You talk to God? Isn't it cool that, that God who created us listens to us? That's pretty amazing. So I'm going to read this book, and it's going to be, you guys can look here, but it's going to be up on the screen back there too if you need to. But I want to read you guys this book, and then we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. Is that cool? And then I promise you all get a candy cane at the end. So I might even give you multiple. All right, so this is what it says. It says, this is my prayer book to help me pray. I like to read it each and every day. It tells me how, when, and what I need to do. My prayer book helps me speak to God with awesome pictures too. Praying to God is like speaking to a friend. As you get to know him, your problems he will mend. You can pray anywhere, in your bedroom or the bath or on the toilet. Uh, whoa, I read, sorry, I added that one. You can pray outside or inside, on the playground or at the park. Sorry, I'm not a teacher, guys. I'm not that good at this. You can pray when you are traveling in the car or riding on your bike. Or you can pray when you are looking out the window at the stars that shine at night. You can pray when you are running, being still or playing too. You don't need long words. Anything will do. Pray early in the morning or at the end of the day. Whatever time it is, God hears all you have to say. Pray with your eyes open or closed, standing tall or with head bowed. You can pray just by thinking or saying words out loud. You can pray when you are on your own with a friend or even two. You can pray with your mom at bedtime. She loves to pray with you. Whoever you may pray with, wherever you may be, I can guarantee for certain God listens to you and me. Thank God that he loves you and thank him for making you. Thank him uh, for your home, your food, and your parents that love you too. Thank God for being by your side each second of the day. Thank him for being your best friend and hearing all you have to say. Say you're sorry if you've upset a friend or not been very kind, and know that God forgives you and he won't keep it in his mind. And as you learn how to pray, you'll get to know God too. You'll learn that he is kind and good and he's always loving you. Tell God about your loved ones, whether they live near or far. Ask him to take care of them no matter where you are. Tell God all your worries, what makes you happy, crabby, or sad. Always know that you can trust him. He's your loving, heavenly dad. So as you wake each morning and start a brand new day, remember that God looks forward to listening when you pray. I hope you guys know that God is always listening when we pray. That we can trust him with no matter what's going on in our lives. And you know, it's a really cool thing that my dad taught me a long time ago about how we know that God loves us and how we know that God made us. I want you all to look at your hand real quick, okay? Put your hand out there, your right hand out in front of you. No, your other right hand. What do you see on your hands? Hopefully it's not breakfast or boogers. Anyone have any boogers on their hands? No, I'm just kidding. What do you see on your hand? Someone tell me. What's on your hand? This isn't a trick question. What's on everyone's hands? No, what are these? What are, what, what's on your fingers, though? Fingernails are on your fingers unless they fall off. What else? What are these things? Do you know? 
their skin are their fingerprints. Have you guys ever played with paint and put your hands down? Did you know that if you look at your hand, keep looking at your hand for a second, that did you know that every single one of us, even if we're identical twins, have different fingerprints? Each one of us, God, when he created us in his image, which means that something about us is like God, which is really cool, that he created this beautiful little signature, this mark, to let us know that each of us were, were created special and uniquely. Man, God could have done so many other things, but he did that so that way we could always be reminded that he loves us and he cares for us. So my friends, I hope that you know when things are good and when things are bad, you can talk to God and he listens. And when you're feeling down and you're feeling worried about whether or not he's listening, look at your hand and remember that God created you beautiful. Your hand, buddy, you're right. Remember that he created you in his image beautifully. And you don't have to worry whether or not he loves you or whether he's not, he's listening to you. And here's what the really cool thing is. I promise you that God will answer your prayers. Maybe not when you're wanting it to, maybe not all the ways that we want it to happen, but he will answer our prayers because he loves us and he takes care of us, okay? All right, you guys are uh, okay to go back to your seats. Make sure you get a candy cane or five from Miss Hunter. Thank you guys so much. Will you guys give the kids a hand real quick? They did an awesome job. Hey, Gideon, my son, you're not supposed to run away from your mom, bud. Pastor's kids, right? Can't trust them. This really was an awesome book that I... Hunter, do you know who got us this book? I don't know. I guess she's worried about him. I can't remember who got this, so if you're in the room and got this, thank you. This has been a really great book. I don't know, for, for a long time, maybe you guys have experienced this with kids before. They'll go through like phases where they, they love the same book. For a while it was every night we had to read Goodnight Moon. If we didn't read Goodnight Moon, we were in trouble. There was a time where we had to read this book called uh, The Goodnight Train every single night. It just depends. But for a while we read this book. Hunter and I got to the point where we didn't even have to look at the pages. We just knew. Some of you guys have been there. And uh, I remember after a while of reading this book so much, I loved the fact that it just simplified something that sometimes we make so complex. That God truly does want to hear from us. He wants to hear about what is stressful in our lives. He wants to hear us thank Him for things. And that all we really needed to know is that He listens because He loves us and He cares for us. That's really the simple message this morning that I have for you all. It's just this, if you would commit to being in communication with God, I promise your, your, your life could change. You know, the truth is, God may not every single time change your circumstances. But maybe if we began to pray that God would change our perspective, maybe things would really change for us. Maybe if we began to change that, ask God to change our hearts rather than just a certain situation, maybe we'd see that not only would our situations change, but truly we would change. We would become more and more in the image of God. Now, this is super simple, but I want to read you from Jesus himself a simple prayer that he gave to us as his followers. And this prayer he didn't give us as, this is the only prayer you pray, this is the only way you pray, but he gave us this as sort of a template to remind, here's how you should pray. And he reminded before he got to this section that we oftentimes refer to as the Lord's Prayer, this idea that we, we don't do prayer as this big showy thing to make people think we're really great and religious. 
Uh, we don't do it as something uh, just as, as, as a, as a um, big to-do, but it's this idea that it's this deep, intimate thing. It's in the same way that if you're in love with someone, there's probably some things intimately that you want to say just in front of them, just to them. And so this is what he says. This is how he says we should pray. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's saying, our God who is in heaven, the one true God, you are holy. Your name is holy. And we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray not for the will of ourselves, not even for the wants of ourselves, but we pray that God's will would be done here on earth. We pray that how things are in heaven would become that way here on earth. We pray for justice. We pray for peace. We pray for love and grace. It's not that we pray that we win the lottery. It's not that we pray that we get everything we hoped and dreamed of. But we pray that our hearts would become more in line with the will of God. We pray that he gives us today our daily bread. We pray not for, it doesn't mean that we don't pray for long, long range things. I think that's important. I think it's important to pray for things like maybe your, your children's spouses for, for the future. But this idea that really what we're most importantly asking for are just that God would provide us exactly what we need in this moment. No more, no less. That we're okay that if God just provided exactly what we needed, we would rejoice and we'd be glad. So we pray that he would provide for us. We're reminded that he even said, I am the bread of life. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now there's, there's an exchange there, right? We ask that God would forgive us in the way that we forgive others. There's a piece in there that predicates this idea that if we want God to forgive us, we must be willing to forgive others. Finally, he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Again, we pray that God would keep us far from the temptation, that he would deliver us from the evil one, that that, that the temptation, that's a reality that's going to be in our lives, that he would keep us far from those things, that he would help us flee from temptation, as it talks about in the New Testament. All of this prayer is a very simple way to remind us that we begin by acknowledging that God is God and we are not. We pray that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that he keeps us far from the temptation of being led astray from him, so that way we can continue to be in relationship with him. And we ask that he would forgive us in the same way that we will forgive others. We don't forgive others because they necessarily deserve it or that they could earn it. But we forgive in the same way that he has forgiven us. Because he's forgiven us in a way that we couldn't deserve and we couldn't earn. I promise you that if you could live out this prayer, if this could become a prayer and a lifestyle of your every day, this could change your year. This could change your life. And it's simple. Here's the big bottom line. If you miss anything else this morning, please don't miss this. Communication leads to connection, which leads to communion. Communication leads to connection, which leads to communion. What I mean by that is prayer simply is communication with God. Communication means that it's a two-way street. We're not just talking at God. We're talking with God. A powerful piece of prayer that we oftentimes miss is listening. 
It's like sometimes, again, we say, God, I need your help. I can't hear you. Are you talking to me? Anyone hate that when someone's trying to have a conversation with you and they leave the room? And then they're like, what? I can't hear you. I wonder if God feels that way about us when we pray. Prayer is this two-way street of communication. But there's this reality that sometimes I think we talk about this idea of a feeling of God, right? We're just like, I'm not feeling him right now. You know what what I've realized? Typically, I've never met a person who constantly is practicing prayer. Whoever comes and says, man, I don't feel a connection with God anymore. You know, it's in the same way in a marriage. I've never met a couple who got divorced and they said, yeah, we, we just over-communicated. We just, we talked too much. We were on the, we, we, we communicated too well. That's never happened. Usually it's the opposite, right? There's other factors, but, but it's never happened that. Because there's this reality that it's really hard to have a connection if you don't communicate. And so if you want to have a year in which you're going to see a growth in your relationship with Jesus, it has to begin by communicating, which leads to communion. Now, communion is, you know, what we talked about, having the Lord's Supper. But really, in, in, in the other part of the word just means this idea that you're having this, this common unity. You're having this relationship. And so if you want to have a relationship with God where you feel deeply connected to him, that you feel like he truly is your best friend, that he is that the, the breath of air that you need every single moment, that's not just going to happen by accident. You have to make plans to communicate with him. So here's my, my, my quick three things, because I promised this was going to be a really short message. Here's my three quick things that you could do this year as practices, as rhythms, to make sure that prayer becomes a huge focus in your life. Here is the first thing. Have a plan. Have some sort of plan to set aside time to pray. Now here's the thing. I, I wholly buy into when Paul says, pray without ceasing. Continually pray, however you want to translate it. This idea that we're constantly in relationship and communication with God. But there's this reality that you have to have some sort of plan. My wife and I went on a date night yesterday. Shout out to Emma for watching our son. She's the best babysitter in town, but you can't have her. She's ours. Um, Unless you pay her lots of money. Then maybe you probably pay her. Um, But there's this reality that my wife and I had realized that we had gone too long without having like a real date night where it was just the two of us and man it felt great last night to just be away with my bride and and talk and granted we also went to Costco because we're just those people but um, it was good because we were able to have conversations that normally we wouldn't be able to have in just the, the, the here and there of life so in the same way set aside time to spend with God it's not just gonna happen it can't just be Sunday morning you have to make a plan here's what I do if you want to know my plan always is I have plans A through D, okay? So maybe it's, all right, my first plan is that I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. If that doesn't happen, maybe my second plan is right when I get into the office. My third plan may be that I'm going to do it at lunch. My fourth plan may be when I get home from work. My fifth plan may be at night. However you want to do it to make sure that you have some sort of intimate moment with your God, make a plan to do it and have a sliding scale. Because if you're just like, if it doesn't happen here, it's not going to happen. That's a really bad plan. Figure out a way to just move with life. But make sure you have a plan to do it. Here's the second thing. Find accountability to act upon these things. So many of us pray, and I feel like what we do is we ask God to do something, and he tells us something that we need to do back, and we don't do it. You know why? Because we're chickens. 
least I am, there has to be some sort of accountability in your life that's asking you tough questions. Asking you, are you getting uh, time alone with the Lord? Are you praying? Are you getting into His Word, which we'll talk about in just a moment? Are you doing certain things? Maybe you even develop some sort of relationship with someone where you can say, here are the things I'm praying about. Can you help hold me accountable and ask me questions? Maybe your big prayer right now is, man, I want my kids to know the Lord. Well, here's the thing. I wholly believe that prayer has to be more than just throwing up something to God and asking and hoping that he's going to answer. I think prayer also determines that our life has to change. There has to be action. We can't just ask God to do something when he also may be calling us to move. The answer to our prayers may be something that God wants to do through us, but we can't just wait for him to do it. He's not going to robotically move us. That's not how it works. Pray and continue to work forward to what you're praying for. And lastly, dig into God's word. If you want to know how to pray in the will of God, what you have to do is you have to be in God's word to know the promises that he's given for us. If you want to know who God is, you have to read about Jesus. And how do we know who Jesus is? We know about him through scripture. Find scripture, begin to pray scripture. Ask God to do these things uh, in, in mighty ways. And you will have sort of a guidepost, a north star, a, a, a compass to help you guide through life. These are just three simple things that I know you're like, Aaron, I know these things. But here's the reality. A lot of us, we know these things, but we don't practice them. Practice them, practice them, practice them. And make sure that they become a deep part of your life. That your day feels off when these things don't happen. And if you need any resources and want to know about you know, a reading plan, a devotional, uh, uh, ways to pray, I would love for you to contact me and I'd love to give you resources and point you in the right direction. But make sure that you commit to doing that this year. I believe it's wholly, wholly important. I want to just leave you with this, this final verse from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 15. It's the, the tail end of the verse of 15. And Joshua is this awesome, mighty warrior, leader of the Israelite people who got to see the people into the promised land. And I love this. You've heard this before, but this is just what he says. He says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. My hope and prayer is that in 2019, despite what happens, despite the curveballs, despite the the things that you weren't expecting, that you're not excited about, despite maybe the fights you're going to have, the valleys you'll go through, the moments where things feel dark, I hope and pray that you persevere and that the cry of your heart, the cry of your family's heart is that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord no matter what. I believe if we were to do those things, 2019 could be a year for the books, a year that God is going to do amazing things. And that's my hope and prayer for our church this year. I'm praying with expectation that God is going to continue to move. That this year there are going to be lives transformed in the name of Jesus because of people like you, because of the way you live, because of the way you pray. We saw that this last year. And I'm praying with expectation that God is going to continue to do that. And I ask you to join with me in praying with expectation to see God move, but to putting your action and your life in a practice to make sure that we do see those things happen. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me and we're going to pray. And I pray that as we sing this song, Freedom Reigns, that you would proclaim the fact that because of Jesus, you have freedom. 
because of the fact that the veil was torn and we have this open relationship, this open communication with the God of all the universe. We have so much freedom. But I also pray that we'd begin to be praying bold prayers about this next year of things that God wants to do through us. Praying for maybe people that we know that God wants us to walk alongside that need hope and that we can help introduce them to the hope of the world, Jesus Christ. Would you guys pray with me? God, I just thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for the fact that, God, you love us so much. God, I thank you for the fact that because of your son, Jesus, God, we are free from the bondage of sin. God, that even though we once were lost, we are now found. Even though once we were in darkness, God, the light of the world is here, and we have hope. So, God, would you just uh, help us to have communication with you? God, help us to dive into your word. Help us to find accountability and encourage one another. But, God, most of all, would we be reminded this year that you love us deeply. And, God, would you fill us with that love and send us out of this place to love others who desperately need that. God, would you hear our prayers? Would you answer our prayers? But, God, would you help us train ourselves to listen to you? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.